Okay, you're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour. It's a pre Christmas special. Can't even say Christmas is coming up so fast. We've got Joe Chambers on. He is the racing manager to Susanna and Rich Ritchie. Talk about uh, some of the fantastic horses under that management and where they might or might not be running uh, this Christmas period. Plenty to get through there. That's an extended special, so that's coming up in a little while. We are joined on the line from the Rebel County of Cork. It's Dermot Nolan. Dermot? How are you, Dave? Yeah, very good. Glad you found a phone down there in the back end of nowhere. And Gavin Garrity's in the studio. Gavin, how are you? Great, yeah. Looking forward to trying to pick a winner or two for the Christmas. Very good. Well, of course, we're hosted by our friends at Bet Brighton. You know the format by now. We have a quick look back at some of the best performances from the previous weekend. Not sure we found too many winners. Let's kick off with the long walk. You know what I mean, Harry? Uh, doing it in grand style. Everyone pleased with that performance? Yeah, you'd have to be, Dean. It's looking, it's not the strongest division in the world again, and he's, he's the leading light in it. Uh, he probably wasn't as impressive as the last thing because it wasn't flawless, it wasn't on the bridle, but he showed he can battle. He's some horse, he's still unbeaten for Harry Fry. It was better interest than, than any bank, as I said, and he's, um, he's very good. A little rocket in second, uh, lads, has to be one of the most likable horses you'll ever see. He just tries and tries and tries, but... Unfortunately, he just bumped into a much better horse. What does that make Yanworth? Probably the greatest horse ever, if you look at the little Rockefeller performance in that race, Gavin. <laughs> um, yeah, you couldn't knock um, Harry Fry's horse the way he did it. He, um, he just seems to be able to do enough, uh, no matter what the opposition is at the moment. Whether he'll still be able to do enough in the world hurdle when could be possibly a classy or sort or two, uh, in the likes of Jezki or maybe Nichols Canyon if they run that will be the true test but at the moment you can't knock him for what he's doing it's a terrible division you're just pissed off because your your Yanworth dockets are all over the floor at the moment well we'll see what happens this weekend well I call it this weekend we'll see what happens over Christmas um, <laughs> Yanworth of course has a big test in front of him and a very sharp two miles in the in the Christmas hurdle so yeah we'll see I think it's an awful division without Yanworth it's rubbish it is yeah Wow, agreement. That's lovely. Uh, we need to talk about Bouvardere because he, I thought, I thought looked very good indeed. He's probably around in the in the wrong generation time for him to be a, a top top level performer, but maybe he is. I mean, the thing about Bouvardere was, I thought last year it was funny running him in the Supreme when he was probably a Neptune horse. So what we actually have at the moment now is the Arkle set up lovely with the three um, Altior, Min, and um, an Identity Thief. And now the JLT is starting to take a bit of shape as well because York Hill against Bouverdere is going to be an absolute cracker for the two to make it. Now, we couldn't see half the race, obviously, with the fog at Haydock. was absolutely awful, but Bouverdere beat a very good horse in Cloudy Dream. He's, that's, that's quite decent form. Cloudy Dream was fancied, had more experience. I know he had to give £6 to Bouverdere, but it was still very impressive. He did it very easily. Aidan Coleman was so confident all the way around, and... I quite like Bouverdere, and I think Bouverdere York Hill is another really potential crack of a race coming up as well. What did you think of Bouverdere, Gavin? Um, I was impressed with him. He's, he's got a little turn of foot, hasn't he? Yeah, the, the novice chases are shaping up to be just uh, mouthwatering at this stage. Which um, when he came out of the fog, he looked to be kind of niggling on him before yeah. the last time we seen him. And then the next time he appeared out of the fog, he was five or six lengths clear, going easy. So um, yeah, it was a real, real good. Um, performance in beating a, a good yardstick in Cloudy Dream. If they all get there in one piece in Cheltenham in March, um, it'll be a hell of a race. Well, any American Tom fans for that race, stay tuned because as I said, Joe Chambers is on the line uh, shortly. 
and uh, give us a big update about that one. They love that horse. I, th- I think you've got to throw them into the mix for that JLT, and uh, we'll, we'll, well, we'll carry on talking about that horse in a little while. Death Duty, uh, gents. Gavin, am I going to you first with this one? Keeps doing what's asked of him. Uh, maybe a potato racehorse. Yeah, you couldn't be you couldn't be bought impressed by the way he did this. Um, not sure if uh, the Mullins horse ran his race. He looked to be beaten too far out. Maybe it was he is by presenting. Maybe it was the ground. It was very heavy in Navan on Sunday. He he was beaten a long way out, and um, but he couldn't have done any more. He he won he won as he liked, and uh, he's definitely the yardstick for the for the Albert Bartlett race in in Cheltenham come March. Damn, I don't think you're going to disagree, eh? No, but um, I'm not convinced he's an out and out Albert Bartlett horse. He showed a really good turn of foot, and uh, we haven't seen this horse on good ground yet, so we don't know whether he is restricted that turn of foot to just heavy going but I wouldn't be just saying he's a Albert Bartlett horse I I think if he turns up for the Neptune or the Albert Bartlett he'll win either um, I think he's a very very good horse his turn of foot was outstanding invitation only has a bit to prove now because his form of that Punchestown bumper was somewhat let down by the fact that Blastic Coleman probably isn't anything special uh, he got upsides invitation only as well so he could have been flattered maybe as well by his bumper form so I think that duty He's very good, and uh, I think any race he does up to Cheltenham, apart from the Supreme, obviously, because he wouldn't be quick enough for that. But if he was to go for the Neptune or the Albert Bartlett, I think he'll win either. I think we've we've maybe forgotten the best performance of the last seven or so days. Finian's Oscar. I don't know if anyone oh, yeah. saw this horse yeah. for Colin Tizard. He was on the record. Um, I think it was even reported in the Guardian before, which is you know they have a great horse racing team there, but. To report the fact that Colin Tizard on the stable tour said that's our best young horse, um, and then to come out and do what he did, I thought against a decent yardstick, it was flapping away and behind. This horse didn't really come off the bridle. Um, point to point winner owned now by the Potses and with Colin Tizard. I think cost them quarter of a million. Finian's Oscar, I think whatever race he turns up for in the festival, touch wood, he gets there and with a little bit more experience under his belt, I'll be a backer. He was brilliant. He was uh, he was flawless. No, off a race. Uh, we don't know. We don't know who was who was behind him. He'd look competitive beforehand, but he destroyed them. So we'll just need to see him now step up in class a bit. But again, yeah, of course, he's a viable contender, but I just would like to see him take on better horses before I'll be, uh, I'll be getting very excited about him, Dean. Yeah, you would like to see him go and do it again, but you couldn't but be impressed by the way he done it. He, he, like he just sluiced away from them. And um, the Potters are they look to be really investing in good horses, which Tizard and they're getting rewarded for it at the moment and he will be one to follow throughout the season no doubt yeah he's definitely one to follow I just there's something about a stamp of a national hunt horse where it can go and do that travel and jump and you know there's still a bit of a baby maybe a slightly unfurnished he just looked bigger and better than everything I love horses like that that come out and do that on first time of asking and he didn't go off favourite there was a an undercurrent of kind of let's hope this horse is good as it is so Finian's Oscar definitely my catch we've got to mention Gertine uh, the future Arkle winner um <laughs> A <laughs> little bit disappointing for them. I, I do feel sorry for the Tynas because cracking horse and it just didn't go to plan for them. Yeah, I didn't. Of course, I was gutted because I was. Uh, I told anybody that would list. Um, but yeah, I thought um, he was travelling very well. I know a horse fell in front of him, but he lost by twenty lengths. I've said it before on Twitter. I think there's something half up with the actual Tyner horses because, as I pointed out to you before, Dean, they're all travelling really well and then finding absolutely nothing and I wonder if that's it but as well as that he just mightn't be as good as I thought he is but the thing that really broke my heart was for him to come out and do that finish third by 20 lengths and then in the, in the following race total recall comes out and wins and Gertine was about 25 lengths clear of him last time so 
it's um, it's puzzling. It's hard to know what's happening. These horses aren't machines, of course, so he could bounce back. But I'll have major question marks over that horse now going forward if he cannot win a handicap hurdle of 133. You mentioned Total Recall. Maybe we should just mention that was a, a decent uh, day as well for Sandra Hughes. So a few of her horses coming into form. Which is great because Sandra's had a very tough few weeks, hasn't she? Tough few months even. You know, she lost all the Gigginstown horses, which I thought was quite harsh, really, considering you know she just won a national for them, an Irish national for them, only two years ago. Um, but again, his results year on year with Gigginstown, and she lost them. So hopefully now she can kick on again because it's a, a fantastic yard with really great history and uh, hopefully now they can bounce back yeah thumbs up there for Sandra Hughes and, and fingers crossed really that the tiny yard can, can get a bit of form I know a few of us get you know keep an eye on that yard so hopefully that goes well um, that's the weekend or the week that York was York Hildeen for God's sake well York Hill just jumped left all the way around I was going to let him away with it <laughs> uh, he still showed a terrific engine he jumped left you'd have to be worried but again with Cheltenham his big target I wouldn't be overly worried about jumping left though would you Gavin? Um, I'd like to I'd imagine they'll keep him to a left handed track the next time um, obviously if he'd done it again it'd be a worry it was violently left but it was yeah um, you would forgive him it the first time it, his engine was still there for all to see and he's, he looks an absolute beast and yeah he's d- a bit d- of a mad thing though isn't he Cause yeah. didn't he, do it at your, he did it at entry last year as well didn't he he just completely well he pulled the whole way around the entry and Look beaten and then, yeah, and then, then by and picked down, up. Yeah, he was spent then by punches down. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he just seems to have a mind of his own. So you'd have to watch him again because if he was to do that again, you'd probably have to back Bouvard there in that contest. Then really, wouldn't you? You would if you were worried. Uh, if you were worried, he was. He is very hard on himself, York Hill, and it. How how long? What whatever longevity in him? I'm not so sure. I think, I think his best days could be sooner rather than later, um, and yeah. because he's so hard on himself. But the engine is is there for all to see. Yamuth would have beat him. would have beaten half the track with a straight ride from Barry at the festival. You know my views. No, on that. he wouldn't. Have. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to carry on this JLT discussion a little bit because Joe Chambers is up next. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you uh, with our host uh, Bet Bright, and that was the week that was. And uh, let's carry on. Joe Chambers up next. Introducing Genius, Bet Bright's newest product that allows you to choose your bets. Genius will give you the ability to select from trends like winner last time out, course winners, distance winners, and many, many more. When you're done narrowing the field with Genius, you'll know exactly what you fancy. Genius by BetBright. Simply smarter betting. Okay, well, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the race hour by uh, Rich and Susanna Ritchie's racing manager, Joe Chambers. Joe, how are you, sir? Good, thank you, sir. You well? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to all the Christmas racing, of course, coming up. And I mean, at the moment, it's been a little bit of a quiet start for, for the Mullins Yard. Weather and horses not quite coming right yet, but um, they're in form. I think the last six runners in the in the Rich and Susanna Ritchie colours have, have all gone in. We should maybe start and talk about a few of those, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. There's a fair bullseye in the back all of a sudden on the next one that runs. <laughs> there is a few. There's a few of those. Royal Caviar, we can kick off with that one, one at Thurless. I think in the in the stable tour that was put out um, by BetBright, of course, Rich being the chairman of that company, put out a big stable tour. Royal Caviar was tipped to go right to the top. You must have been happy with a win at Thurless. Yeah, we were delighted. Um, I think he settled an awful lot better being ridden more prominently, but... Um, he was probably ridden more prominently because his schooling had gone so well and his jumping was absolutely dynamite um, which is actually how I think Paul described it as well but yeah. he was he was really really good he was a bit of a disappointing horse over hurdles but his form was always good um, 
you know, he always kept bumping into decent horses, a bit like pile under pressure, perhaps in that regard. Um, but he, his jumping was really, really good. Uh, where we go next, we don't know. I mean, I doubt he'll run over Christmas, but something in early to mid Jan, uh, we might have to travel with him because the, the program book isn't full with two mile novice options in Ireland uh, in January and February, unless you want to go into Grade One uh, category straight away. There's not many winners of ones. So we might look at Warwick or Donny um, for their grade two races, which I think are around the third week of January. Yeah. Uh, but no, absolutely thrilled with him. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he beat Mahamount in his maiden hurdle. They've both come out and been pretty impressive in their beginner's chases. So, so some of these horses can be uh, a, a hell of a lot better over fences than their um, bare hurdle form would have um would have led you to think well you've had some great novice hurdlers and some great hurdlers as well but a lot of them are all bought really with chasing in mind aren't they yeah I think so and uh, I think when Rich did the stable tour with Ben Bright earlier this year <clears throat> while we have a lot of three year olds and four year olds um, you know they are all chasers of the future he's, he's quite open that if he's offered one race he wants to win the gold cup and that's it yeah yeah um, so he'll um, at least he's trying well, I said you're in great form. Camellia de Cot was one that we picked out in the in the stable tours. You know, maybe a horse for the Grade Ones later in the spring. Went out and won a mare's at, at Tremor and did it in good style. Yeah, um, she's quite hard on herself. Um, she's a Laveron, um, which Dico Simo is as well, um, and they can be a little bit free going and keen. And she's a little bit hard on herself, but gosh, she doesn't have quick careers and. Um, uh, and, and, and attack her hurdles uh, which was really really pleasing to see I know it wasn't much of a race but she still won by I think 15 and 35 lengths um, so you know we'll, we'll, we'll have to step her up in grade uh, and really see what's there but uh, absolutely delighted with how she started yeah will it be slowly slowly or something at Christmas probably a bit too soon is it Christmas will be too soon as I said she's a bit hard on herself so yeah. we'll give her a bit of time to get over that yeah um, and maybe find some, maybe find another run for her uh, sometime in January. Uh, we've also got Let's Dance, who even with all her experience is still a novice, and obviously she's a, a Philly slash mare as well. Um, Pete so, shattered love yeah. as well on return, and, and did it in really oh. nice style at Punchestown. So to keep that novice status for this year, I think she's got an entry at Nace in the in the big Grade One novice there around the eighth. Is it the eighth of January? Yeah, and the Slaney. I think she'll be better with a trip. Yeah. Um, I think she appreciated the extra couple of furlongs um, at Punchestown in the uh, in the Grebel. Yeah, uh, it wasn't the Grebel, was it? It was the Grebel, yeah. Um, and you know, she's got a stamina laden pedigree. Um, she's got a beautiful pedigree, but it, it's very much stamina laden. Um, so I think she'd be better when we go out and trip. Whether she's top class or not, I don't know. Um, but I think certainly in. Uh, mayor's graded races I think she should um, be pretty competitive going forward I just I think she'd be better at two and a half plus and she should make a nice um, a nice mayor's novice chaser as well in time let's talk about one more before we get to some of the the bigger guns American Tom who could be very exciting that's got entries over Christmas one at Punchestown I think in the stable tour that we referred to a couple of times already one that you kind of earmarked for a big season um, happy to get the win on the board absolutely delighted um, there's Depending who you talk to, he either had loads in hand at Gordon when he won his maiden hurdle yeah. 15 months ago, or he had nothing in hand. Um, we've always thought that he was a very nice horse. <clears throat> his schooling had gone well. He's an absolute model of a racehorse. Um, he's stunning looking. 
Um, he's, he, while he's big, he's not as physically imposing as, say, a Jacqueline or an Avika Legionnaire was, where you just see this massive chest and neck coming towards you. He's, he's elegant, he's, he's an athlete, and um, he, he could be... I mean, everyone is talking about men, but Tom, American Tom could be every bit as good. Any idea already at this stage for the long-term kind of Cheltenham Festival target for American Tom? Uh, he'll have entries in every novice chase. If yeah. He can, if if he qualified for the every novice hurdle, he'd probably have entries in those as well. And if he qualified for the bumper, he'd probably get an entry in those as well. <laughs> um, so, no, he. That's a no. Imagine that's a that's a no, basically. Um, but I can guarantee you, we'll spend a few quid on entries with him. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at Willie's at the moment, um, you know, you've got York Hill, you've got Min, you've got American Tom. Uh, as those that would smack you as the two to two and a half miners. Yeah. Um, Min, I think, smacks me more as just a straight two miler. That's him. Yeah. Uh, maybe in time he'll need a trip, but at the moment I think he's a two miler. I could be completely wrong. Um, Rich has been open in saying that, you know, in the graded races he likes to split his horses up, um, rightly or wrongly, depending on what people, other people have their own views on that. But if that was the case, and Min was to, if Min was to continue to progress, it could be that Tom would go something like the JLT uh, to go out and trip a little bit. Um, he will only improve, uh, both mentally uh, and fitness-wise and physically. And we're, we're not that worried about his jumping. Um, he was, you know, he was a little bit left, um, particularly at the second last. But interestingly, if you look at him as he came to the last, he actually hung right over into. Uh, gangster, I think it was that was second to him. He hung right over to him before he actually jumped back out to the left. But that was just iron out. That was only the third race of his life. Yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're, he's learning. He's just learning on the track, isn't he? He's, he's, he is. Picking but he's also learning at a high level. Yeah, he is. Uh, I yeah. think, and and that that's what makes him as exciting as as he is. Well, you mentioned Min, so let's talk about Min. I know it's very likely. I think Eddie O'Leary said uh, just today, he made a best man win when you take on Identity Thief over Christmas in. Uh, uh, race at Leopardstown, I think on, on St. Stephen's Day, Boxing Day. It's only be the sixth run of his career when he won at Navin, so that race, bit of history as well for that with the, with the colours, of course, and he did it really well. I think everyone was very impressed with, with Min's debut over fences. Yeah, I mean, he showed a... Um, he showed perhaps an intelligence or a an element of restraint that he didn't have as a, uh, as a hurdler last year, mm. um, which was which was pleasing to see. You know, he settled a bit better. You know, he always made the running, but I guess you could argue that the first time he, he ever really had a race or had to battle um, was in the Supreme Novices last year and Altior put him in his place. Um, but, you know, we, we he wasn't right after it. He obviously didn't run the rest of that season. Um, you know, and uh, now whether that's enough to turn the tables on, on a horse like Altior who just looks a superb racehorse, uh, I don't know, but he showed an intelligence and, um, and he showed another side to him, I guess, at Navin that we didn't really see as a, as a novice hurdler. Um, and he put himself right when he had to at some of his fences. Um, I wouldn't say it's a tried and trusted path, but it's Willie's preferred path um, to go to Christmas uh, with his two-mile novice chasers. And yeah. You know, identity people, I think, is right, was rated uh, 159 over hurdles and Min was uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, something like 154, 155, something yeah. along those lines. So we have a few pounds to find. Um, but also, I think Identity Thief had, had, a, had a number of more runs. Uh, yeah, 154. So we got about five pounds to find with him. 
Um, and a bit of experience I've, I've, to find as well on identity. And a bit of Henry's had him out. Beat. Yeah. Um, Henry does so well with his novice chasers. Yeah. Um, you know they they do, and, and, and even chasers from other yards. Um, he he does very well with them. Um, and identity thief is a is a very good horse. You know he. But for Vroom Vroom Mag, being the super sub that she was, he did one of the Irish champion hurdles at yeah. Punchestown last May. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a cracking race. Um, and, and we'll see where we'll, you know, we'll all know where we lie after it. I, I genuinely don't think there's much in it. Um, I, I think the two of them are a, a class above everything else in the race, at least on the, based on the entries at the moment. Yes. I think um, that will sort out the Irish pecking order, won't it? And then Altior lies in wait, well, probably for both horses. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, I, I Willie might run more than one. It'll probably cut up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think they seem to be the two outstanding prospects at the moment. Um, and we'll see what happens. And I guess depending on how that falls out, it might make our minds up on American Tom and uh, and the likes of Caviar going forward. And I'm sure it'll help make Willie's mind up with regard to York Hill as well. Well, one of the things I've heard uh, Rich himself say before is horses have a way of sorting this all out for you. So, I mean, that's yeah. one of those stepping stones, isn't it, to working out where all these other ones will go. Um, Duvan and, and Jackadam have, have come back onto the course. Duvan, of course, very good in the Healy Way at Cork. And, and Jackadam winning at Punchestown. Two big stars for you this season and, and for all everyone involved, Rich and Susanna. I must be delighted to get them both out and, and, and winning ways. Yeah, very lucky, uh have a horse like Devan and I think everybody that's around him appreciates the fact that you know um, we're all lucky enough to have anything to do with him Um, he is uh, we think he's exceptional I think you know everyone's been open about that at the moment we don't see any need to go beyond two miles Um, and I know there's been a lot of people clamouring for him to go King George and go here and go out and trip and you know, I, I think ever since Cody Green ran in the Gold Cup as a novice, everyone has been saying, "Take your chance when you're ready, regardless of the yeah, experience." Yeah, do it. But, but you know, Willie is Willie is patient. He likes to keep his his mares to mares and his novices to novices, etc. So, uh, and and that's fine with us. Um, Was there more of a discussion, Joe, when with what happened the demise of a tour, which is so sad? Was there more of a discussion? Was there more temptation then to think? Maybe we're kind of pushed to go a little bit further out in trip now um, with Duvan. The King George, I know it was said in that stable tour, was hugely tempting at Kempton. That three-mile event would seem to be ideal for him, but maybe just not now. Not really. Um, you know, uh, we, did, we, we were kind of tempted by the King George with Duvan before um, Vautour disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it wasn't a case of just because one guy isn't there, we'll send another to it. Sure. Um, we just think the right thing for the horses to keep the two miles and continue to build his experience. Um, you know, if he wins, uh, you know, he, he'd be he'd probably be a fair sight in something like a Melling Chase, I imagine, around Aintree oh, and yeah. things like that. We thought that about about Fatour last year, but that didn't quite work out. But yeah. Um, you know, I think at the moment we'll just stick to two miles. Does Rich and Willie want to win the King George and do they think he could be a horse that could well do it? Obviously, yes. Um, whether now is the right time to do it or not, I don't know. Um, and, you know, I'm happy. Uh, certainly, my view is to stick to two miles and I could be completely wrong and Willie now send him out to three miles, but um, I don't think there's a need to do it just yet. Well, it's great to you have know, him he's, around. He's only, he's only six, rising seven. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's hopefully um, yeah there, there's hopefully 
plenty of time to do that touch wood but obviously as we saw the game it, it, it can be a fickle game at times well, it can be uh, Jack Adam uh, maybe I mean we were only talking on the Race Hour podcast last week about Jack Adam perhaps a forgotten horse in the Gold Cup he's made of iron as described I think by, by Rich in the past he's, he's a remarkable animal and would he have a similar plot to the Cheltenham Gold Cup this season? Uh, he's a dude of horse if you ask Sam Watson who's uh, an Irish equestrian um rider he does some of the pre-training uh with willie uh he's the one horse that he wants to take home every 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 time he goes down the yard he just he thinks he could do any type of job um and he he's a fantastic animal and you know he was he was second in the gold cup at six yeah um and ran his heart out and last year we didn't get a clear run with him after what happened with his fall in the bet bright chase yeah. and the cut and everything and yeah, while he was fit and well and whatever, he just really wasn't able to get stuck into him the way that he would like in order to to get to do a gold cup. And I'm not saying for one minute uh, he'd have won had he done that. But uh, I'd love to get a clear run with him this year um, to to the gold cup uh, and and see see where we lie. Um, he is in the Lexus. He there's every chance that he could run in the Lexus at Christmas. Yeah. Um, if he did that, it might then be straight to Cheltenham in March. Yeah. If not, it, the only thing with the Lexus is that it's pretty close to the John Durkin this year. The, the way the program this year works, you know, there's no racing in Ireland for eight days in the run up to Christmas. Um, it, everything is a little bit early, or compressed into late November, early December. Yeah. Um, so there's only I think 16 or 17 days from the John Durkin to the Lexus, which isn't ideal, but might be the lesser of two evils rather than going back to Cheltenham again uh, we'll see and we'll see how he works we'll see how he goes at the weekend and we'll make our mind up early next week we don't have to make our mind up by when is the race Wednesday yeah yeah. don't have to declare him until Tuesday which is basically another week away so we'll see there's every chance he could run the Lexus okay. and if he did that might be it until Cheltenham in March okay okay well I, I, you know, the, we were talking on here that we might be the forgotten horse if he does get a clear run he's certainly right up in that pecking order for the Gold Cup but one horse I, I really enjoyed coming back this year and it was some race at Thurless against Lord Windermere was the even whiter now Champagne Fever a bit of unfinished business over fences still Joe yeah he did win that article didn't he I think he um, did yeah um, <laughs> record books might not say that but I don't know yeah. how he didn't win it yeah I think we're still scratching our head at that um, but he it was super to see him back you was. Know, he's had his issues between um, Un Atu having a crack at him on the way over to Chelsea yeah, that year the bite and he was he was ready he was ready to rock in that Queen Mother as well but mm. sadly things went a bit wrong he had a, he had a suspensory after it and he missed the season um, it was great to see him back uh, I, I wonder what his life would have been like if we had kept him over hurdles uh, when you look at how that Supreme Novices um, actually panned out yeah uh, but you know he, he's over fences he's a cracking jumper in the lane um, maybe look at something like the Kinloch Bray in January um, could be a, an opening point for him I know Don Cossack might, might be ready for that for his comeback possibly but, uh, so they might push Don Cossack back out to, to February start but it depends on, on how they go with that horse but I mean that would be some match that would be good uh, he was upside when he tipped up at the last I think yeah, when they last met uh, two years ago Um so we'll see but that it was great to see him back he got a huge reception uh, yeah. from the crowd down there as well I think uh, they appreciated uh, they did Valley Casey when he won down in, um, in Gore back in October yeah 
Um, so it was, it was good to see him back. We'll see where we go. I doubt he'll go further than two and a half miles again, um, and maybe even drop him back to two. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought entry would suit him when we brought him there, um, but he just I, he can throw in a shocker. That's probably the uh, he's a bit of an enigma in that regard. Um, but he's uh, you know we we'll just crack on with him and maybe he might not be grade one class anymore, but I think he can win a fair share of grade twos. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to take him on if I owned something and take on Champagne Fever. An animal, like you say, with a few quirks, but I think that's what takes it into everybody's hearts. Like, we love that. About, exactly. About horses. He's, he's, and... like, he's like all of us. He's fallible. Yeah, yeah, well, indeed. There's no doubt. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a few other ones we've seen that perhaps um, may or may not run over Christmas before we do talk about some Christmas entries. Get a bad favourite for the champion bumper. Um, you haven't got many for bumpers this season, but... This was a, a nice purchase from the point-to-point field, and um, I think everyone was pretty impressed. Yeah, picked him up from Colin Bowes at that Punchestown sale uh, during the festival. Um, Willie is a fan of Monson as a sire and as a sire of sires, so Getaway is doing quite well. Yeah, I imagine. I think we've seen a couple of winners in any and any Getaway that's gone through the ring since um, has has commanded a decent fee as well. Uh, he was very good. Um, and I think time will tell that that was a good bumper. Yeah, um, it's a good place expecting... actually for Cheltenham bumper types to win at Fairy House, isn't it? Yes, um, uh, certainly favourites. <laughs> <Cheltenham's> favorites. <laughs> uh, whether they're actually winners or not, I don't know. But um, I know the second horse was uh, the Gingston horse that was with Willie for a while. So yeah, um, and they thought a lot of him. So we'll see. But they, I, I think time will tell it will work out. Winter races again. Um, before Cheltenham I don't know um, the plan is at the moment that he will go there um, and and we'll see but uh, he was very impressed very impressive I know Patrick was deeply impressed good um, so we will see where we go with him but he um, he's certainly very exciting and just you know he's one of the younger type of horse that we've tried to restock with over the last 12 or 15 months bit of long run in the pedigree as well there is and, and Jabal I think down in the third down yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah um We'll see how we go. Obviously, he's, um, he's won his point-to-point, which he toughed out. He showed more pace in the bumper than he showed in the point-to-point. Sure. Where he looked a bit of a stamina-laden animal. But uh, he was... Um, yeah, no, we were delighted with him. We'll see we, you know, whether he runs again before Cheltenham, I don't know. But we'll, uh, that's the plan at the moment, anyway. Tricky one, maybe. Senna Walk, who I think Rich was on the morning line maybe last year and mentioned this one because we all wanted to know who the next Min was and that's a normal question when, when something like that happens and I think you said that this one was doing a nice piece of work finished 6th to Moulin Avant at Punchestown um, you know the comparisons of course to Duvan and Min by being by Walk in the Park um, was that a disappointing run or were you happy enough with his, with his first spin only a first run it's, it's easy to put pressure on these horses he travelled absolutely fine yeah. and he's had a wind operation since then Right. Uh, whether we'll keep him for next year as a novice or whether we will uh, crack on with him again this year we haven't decided yet uh, but we will play by ear with him Tercagua won at Punchestown in the stable tour I think we're already talking about this one would be one to look forward to over fences but it's going to be a bit of time before that I mean it was a decent enough performance yeah, he's a horse I kind of hung my hat on with Rich because he was bought as a store yeah. as a three-year-old about four years ago now. And so it's he's been, he's been a patience. Yeah, he's had all sorts of issues. We haven't had a huge amount of luck with store horses, um, but he is a good horse, and uh, we've had to exercise plenty of patience with him, but um, I think he's a proper animal. 
Uh, and Mona Lee didn't do the form any harm, I don't think, at uh, Navin on Sunday behind Death Duty. Yeah. Um, he'll be a heck of a novice chaser uh, next season, but um, he could certainly be a horse that would be competitive in a race like the Alfred Bartlett. And he's, he's not slow, but he's um, he, he nearly got taken out at the first hurdle in the fogbound um, Punchestown meeting yeah. a, a month ago or whatever that was. Um, and you know he he lost all chance at a very early stage, and he still ran well to finish third um, because it spooked him. And he you know he he went wildly left at the next two as a result at the second and third hurdle. So to see him jump the way he did, and to, to see that the, his debut didn't leave any marks on him uh, from a jumping perspective was hugely encouraging. Um, and he he certainly um, yeah no he went well. We'll see where we go with him, but. He could be one that we step up into a graded race sometime in January. You can see I keep picking up back from that stable tour that is available still to people. Live, love, laugh. You mentioned the Albert Bartlett there, maybe for Takagua. That was one that was picked up in the previous possible Albert Bartlett horse. Um, might need a, a bigger stamina test next time. Finished behind Death Duty at Navan in November. Um, something that's going to go up a trip, I assume. Yeah, he was disappointed, uh, if I'm honest. Um, he was disappointed at Navin that day. We expected him to run a bit better than that. He's entered at Limerick over Christmas yeah. in a uh, winners of one, I think it is, on the 26th or 7th. Uh, he could well go there. Um, you know, he's again. He came from a point-to-point field. He'll be. He should be a decent chaser, but he uh, he's got to he's got to try and put Navin behind him. Uh, he was. There's no denying he was disappointing the last day. So we'll see where we go with him. Uh, he could be chucked over fences sooner rather than later, uh, or we might keep him on the go over the summer. Another case of a horse maybe making your mind up for you on the on the course, and that's what they do. I wanted to mention a couple of other ones. Um, Riven Light is by Ravens Pass, one easy at Thurless. Definitely one to note, I think. And Crack T.A.P., who's from the same sire as Vroom Vroom Mag, and one at Wexford on, on pretty bad ground. I mean, which one of those two you want to pick up first? I, I thought Riven Light was impressive. I enjoyed that performance. He did it well. Um... He's not, you know, he he's by Ravens Pass. We bought him at the Arcana Sale in October fifteen. Um, he he was very unlucky in his last run before we bought him at Longchamp. Yeah, uh, it was a a typical small field French doddle, and he was held up out the back and got traffic problems everywhere. And was only beaten maybe a length and a half uh, on the bridle. Um, so there might be more in him uh, from a flat perspective as well. I thought for a flat horse, he actually jumped quite well, um, which was one of the more pleasing things. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling we had the um, the Gigginstown horse covered um, when he tipped up at the last. Yeah. And, uh, I know Willie and Ruby were delighted with him that day. He's entered in the uh, the Grade One uh, Future Champions at Leopardstown over Christmas. And like to take that. He may well. I mean, Willie's got about 4,000 entries in the race. Um, so he'll, they'll sort themselves out in the coming days. Uh, whether he'll go there or not um, is, is up for debate. He, he, I imagine uh, he'll have an entry in the four-year-old only listed race down in, um, in Limerick as well, yeah, yeah. which is on the 28th, I think it is. But I expect we'll see him over Christmas. And it'll be interesting to see what he does stepped up in grade. Um because uh, I certainly uh, was very happy with him down at Thurlis. Yeah, I, I thought it was a decent performance. And Crack Tiepi? She, uh, by the same sire as Vroom Vroom Mag, and out of, uh, I think she's out of a full sister to Pom Tiepi's dam. So whatever that makes her uh, in relation to Pom, who was the first mayor that Richard Susanna had and had so much fun with. 
Um, there was not really much, Rich didn't really have much choice but to sign the check for that one. I don't think, <laughs> um, given given the link, uh, she was she certainly had another gear or two to go through uh, that day down at Wexford. Whether she had more than that, I don't know. Um, but she was good, and she's she's strengthened up and grown an awful lot since that run as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing where she goes next. Again, she could take on the boys in one of these winners of ones or, or uh, grade twos that there is. There's also a, it's not a novice race, but it is a mayor's only race at Leprechaun on the 29th over, I think, two miles three or two miles four, uh, mayor's listed race. She could go there. I imagine that stands could go there as well. Um, but they, there's plenty of options for winner winning novice hurdlers. There's more options, I think, for more for winning novice hurdlers than there is for winning novice chasers um, for the second and third run. Yeah. In in December and January. Um, but yeah, no, we'll step her up in grade and grade and and she'll tell us um, where we go after that. But uh, she's um, she's exciting. She's improving as well at home since then, as I said. So uh, you know, she's she, she's coming forward. She's going in the right direction. Well, now it's all starting to come together, and as I say, the the troops are in form. Um, how are we looking for Christmas with some of the bigger guns? Will we see Annie Power and Forheen over Christmas? Uh, every chance that you will, um, Forheen, we we'll see we'll see how he works, and uh, Willie will make his mind up. Then he's not going to run him unless he's right. He's just had a very naggy, bruised heel, so we've. Uh, been patient with him and as such he hasn't done as much heavy work or, or hard work and quick work um, Annie uh, was a little bit more forward than him but we've tried to get Annie to the Hatton's Grace for the last three years Yeah, and she disappointed us um, two years ago I think it was on the Friday morning uh, at literally that just before declaration time uh, and last year she disappointed us the week before and this year she did the same so the last time she ran, I think, this side of Christmas was actually at Ascot when she won the uh, the hurdle race there in, in in November, which I think was about three, three or four years ago. I can't it's remember. A few when. seasons back, yeah. Yeah, so we we've had you know we've had our own issues in trying to get her out every year uh, on the right side of Christmas. So you know we're we're certainly not going to rush her, and w- with both of them, we're working back from one week in March. Yeah. And you know that's where the aim is with both of them, and we will see uh, we will see where we get to. Um, but they're they're both fine. They're both working away. Uh, Willie's not going to run them unless he's happy with them, which we are absolutely uh, aligned on with him on. And we will see. Um, you know, we we will see, he'll run them as and when he's ready to run them. If they came both fit, ready to go, Cheltenham week. It's very hard to take any power out of a champion hurdle, isn't it, as a defending champion? And it's very hard to steer Forheen elsewhere as a former champion. Exactly. Um, I think Richard said that he wouldn't want to see the two of them take each other on. Yeah. And I, and I know that might annoy an awful lot of people, but uh, if we can get the two of them there, we'll have a decision to make in the first week of, first week of March. Um, and we'll go from there. Certainly no decision has been made. <laughs> no, no. At this no. Stage as to who goes where. But um, yeah, I think uh, everyone would like to see Fahim go and put up a big number over two miles because the last time we saw him, you know, was probably his best performance when he beat Nichols Canyon and and Arctic Fire. Um, but at the same time, I think the sentimentalist and a lot of people want to see Andy Power try and uh, become the first mayor to win back-to-back champion hurdles. Both very special horses, and I think I think you've explained it pretty well there. And we got to throw Vroom Vroom Mag into the mix because she keeps getting called the super sub and. 
you know, just touched off in a Hatton's Grace. That was only first round back up against a race fit and re- very fit Apple's Jade at that point. Is she the superstar? She's a, she's a fantastic horse in her own right. Could I really? I mean, I think she has three entries over Christmas. You could pretty much enter her in every Grade One across the festivals. Where does she sit? I think her I think her prize money is barely covering all the entry fees that she um, <laughs> that she seems to generate at the moment. We would love to go chasing with her, but I think because Annie and Faheen are a little bit later on parade this year, we've kept her to hurdles. Yeah. Um, and we probably would have gone chasing with her last year, uh, or stayed chasing with her even. But we thought the world hurdle was was thinning out a little bit. Uh, early December, we thought the world hurdle was looking a bit of a weaker race, which is why we ran her back over hurdles uh, in that mare's two-and-a-half-mile race at uh, Thurless, I think it was, in the run-up to Christmas last year. Yeah. Uh, and then Thistlecrack then Thistle appeared, so that didn't look as, as smart an idea as it did uh, <laughs> a fortnight before that. Um, but, you know, she she did what she did last year. She was very impressive, I thought, at uh, Cheltenham, where she won really snugly. And she showed that she was brave as well at, Punch, at Punchestown when, uh, when she won the champion hurdle. She's more than a super sub. As I said, we'd love to go back chasing with her, but circumstances, our circumstances have just played our hand to, to staying over hurdles for the time being. Um, I've always had her down as a stare, but I think she's, you know, she's won an Irish champion hurdle over two miles, and she showed so much toe to get into the race so quickly at Fairy House that, you know, you'd nearly think that was over two and a half. You'd nearly think that she's probably a, she might just well be a two miler. Um, yeah, she I'd didn't win, but she changed gears. You could see the gear change come, and it's that's that's something not a lot of racehorses have when they yeah, can actually turn um, it on, and she did that. He nearly got there too soon. She quickened up so quick, uh, so readily. Um, but Apple's Jade is a proper animal as well, and it, it was a fantastic race. And I think uh, you know Irish racing has been so competitive over the last three or four weeks. Um, every every beginner's chase is like a graded race. Um, there's there's such a quality of animal at the moment that it's it's been it's been, been fantastic to be watching. But she will. Um, there's every chance that she'll go to Kempton at Christmas uh, for the Christmas hurdle. Yeah. Um, or Leopardstown. Uh, we, um, I, I imagine we will see her in one or the other, and we will go from there. But I think she has enough toe to be very competitive in a Christmas hurdle uh, around Kempton, and uh, that would be that, that could well be the most uh, obvious point for her to, to to go. Sounds like the preference. And then if if Fourheen or or Annie were around, probably stay in Ireland. Okay. Yeah. So then with Christmas, I mean, you're going to have lots of horses running lots of different places everyone will be well I advise everybody right now to go down and see Duvan at Leopardstown uh, talk to me about where we can see some of these superstars running Min and Duvan obviously at Leopardstown we, we might see Faheen and Annie Power Vroom Vroom possibly is heading over to Kempton um, what else do you want to pick out from for Christmas that we should all be looking forward to you can then have a look at maybe some of the novice hurdlers so Riven Lies has entered and he will run either in Leopardstown or Limerick I suspect um we won't have a huge amount of runners. Uh, we might have something like 10 over the four days. Yeah. Um, but uh, whether American Tom runs again or whether we wait for something like the Killiney Chase at Leprechaun at the end of January, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, that might look a more obvious uh, route for him at the moment. But a couple of maidens that should be entered up and, and come out. There's a horse called Montalbano uh, who hasn't run for us yet, but he was second in a uh, in a hurdle race, a four-year-old hurdle in Otoy, uh, not a four-year-old hurdle, just a, a maiden hurdle in Otoy back in March. He's a four-year-old, but he was beaten by a six-year-old uh, walking the park horse who they turned down big money for since, and he's still over there. Um, 
Uh, Montalbano was second. He's by Monsieur Bond, so he's not an obvious um, hurdling type, a bit like a uh, Riven Light in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Uh, but he's had about 12 runs on the flat. And, uh, so he should be pretty I, street is, smart then. Exactly. He is going quite well at home. So hopefully we will see him in a maiden hurdle on uh, either the 28th or the 29th. Uh, probably at Leopardstown and yeah. we will uh, we will go from there with him but uh, we're, we're hopeful and excited by him uh, there is a another uh, four year old but he's not a novice uh, called Shakun Pursois, uh which I think translates as every man for himself yeah I picked uh, that up in the stable tours cracking name he is a um, he is a, a, a gorgeous looking racehorse and he will he, he's kind of punching time over hurdles this year but we will step him up in grade he might be one if Riven Light uh, or him might go to Limerick on the I think it's the 28th is the four year old only listed race yeah. but as I said he's not a novice but he is a horse that we are very excited by and a real chaser in the future um, we have uh, Batbaum is going to run on the 26th in the uh, juvenile hurdle the night Frank uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a hot race that that great too yes um, you know he's one that we are we're excited by I think we learned an awful lot about him at Fairy House the last day um, uh, Gordon I know has the Sadler mate for Philly Denario de Zobo in there who was hugely impressive I thought in Cork yeah um, yep. could be absolutely anything uh, and I know that Joseph O'Brien has Land of Hope and Glory and a couple of others in there but we think that he will uh, he has improved and will improve a lot from his first run he, he, there's no denying he is a chaser when you looked in the parade ring and you saw Mega Fortune and Land of Hope and Glory they were kind of furnished animals who you could see had come off the flat whereas Baboom was just this raw um, not fully in his coat um, kind of young horse that you want to that you could see his future is ahead of him as a five six year old yeah. but we think he's come on a lot um, and we'd be hopeful he'd be very competitive I'd be very wary of Gordon's Philly though that one down in Cork I was hugely impressed by her yeah it was it was a very taken performance and it's it's time really to start sorting out these pecking orders so it's great that these horses will take each other on over such a, a condensed fantastic racing schedule I see Bravissimo might get an entry at Limerick been waiting to run him for a while yeah uh just one thing or another he just hasn't uh, made the track last year or, or this year to date nothing serious just, just niggles and he was growing all the time as well so when they do that we tend to just give them time and back off them a little bit um, and we'd be quite hopeful that he would be well up to win his maiden and, and go from there so we're all set then for a, a big Christmas I mean it's been a real pleasure catching up with you here on the race hour Joe and best of wishes for the festive period to yourself uh, Rich and Susanna hopefully a few winners um, across the cards I'm sure there'll be a few I'm I'm all about Duvan I think it's we're, we're lucky <laughs> to have him around and he's a special horse so if anyone wants to go racing any of the days that's the day I'd go and just go and see Duvan get a few selfies I, I think uh, I think as we saw with Cork a lot of people there was probably more people around the parade ring watching him um pre-raced and there wasn't the stand um, he's uh, yeah no very privileged to be associated with him and hopefully he can keep his winning run going well good luck to you all over the next uh, week or so and beyond hopefully a big season ahead like last and uh, well pleasure to catch up with you Joe all the best thanks Dean take care happy Christmas Yeah, welcome back onto the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you with our hosts at BetBright. That was Joe Chambers, racing manager to Rich and Susanna Ritchie. Um, they've got a 
a serious few days ahead over the Christmas period. Best of luck to all of their runners and hopefully everything comes home safe and a few winners on board. Demo, it's that time where we do a little bit of housekeeping here on the Race Hour podcast. So I'll throw over to you in the Rebel County. Cheers, Dean. Yeah, I'm down here in, in sunny Middleton, well over at Eric's house. But uh, just so people know, don't forget about Race Hour, which is on Sunday nights between 8 and 9 p.m. And tomorrow night we'll have our Christmas Race Hour special, which we will be on between 8 and 9 on, uh, on Thursday night. And uh, it'll be a complete preview of all the Christmas racing, so everybody can get involved with that. And as well as that, our, um, our other partners in our, our gaming partners, OLBG.ie, have a tipping game which is worth €500 Euro, uh, just for tipping horses over the Christmas period at Leopardstown. And if you just sign up this month and play, uh, whatever prize you win in that competition will be doubled. So you have the potential to walk away with €1,000, Dean, completely for free. So olbg.ie there, and you'll get to play any tipping game you want. Um, once it's in Ireland, obviously, and it, it's free of charge. Try and beat me. And beat Dean Ryan as well, yeah. Well, it's been done before. Um, <laughs> okay, this is Many the... Many times. The, <laughs> uh, we better talk about some of this Christmas racing and try and find a few winners. Now, I'm sure Joe has put us on to a few that perhaps we didn't even know were running, so that's always a good start. Um, let's kick off with the probably the best two-horse race you're going to see. Uh, Thistlecrack against Q Card in the King George. First of all, get out of the way. Great sporting gesture from everyone involved, the Tizard stable and the owners. They all seem to be good friends and they get on. They've decided Thistlecrack will take on Q Card at this stage in his career. And that's breathed some serious life into what might have been a one horse King George. It isn't. Um, what I'm going to throw over to you two is whose side are you on? If there's anything else in the race and uh, what do we think? So I'll let Gavin go first. Yeah, um, the race, as you said, it was looking like going to be uh, very, nothing very excitable about it as it would have been look, a walkover for QCard. But then we got the great news on Monday that their Tissel Cracks connections have decided to go for the race and now it's the most anticipated King George in, in years. Um, I, as at the prices, um, like if QCard runs to the same level of form as he did last time out where he got a racing post rating of 180 it will mean that Tisselcrack will have to put in one of the greatest chasing performances of all time on records to beat him and it's a big ask on only his four chasing start first time in open company that's literally what he has to do and you'll be asked to take even money about even money maybe five to four about him doing that so for that reason, that reason alone, I'd come down on the side of Q card. The form is in the book, and but but the one thing I would say is he's Tisselcrack. He's probably the only horse in training apart from Duvan who has the potential to go and put up that sort of a mark. Strong argument, that demo. Yeah, I'd be completely the opposite. Um, I think first of all, Dean, there is nothing really else in the race. Uh, Ryder Franks and Rotor Ridges aren't definite runners. Uh, Conti is about fifty percent as to what he used to be. Uh, T for two should be about 66 to one and Joss's Hill I don't think he'll stay efficiently enough but he'll get third he'll get decent prize money I'd imagine uh, I fall down here on Thistlecrack um, I think we've a lot to learn about him still yet obviously uh, we have to see what his jumping is like going around um, a tight track like Kempton but he's not a slow horse he has a, a rapid turn of foot um, and I just think his jumping last time at Newbury was flawless the fact that they're going here shows that the owners and Tom Scudamore has completely backed it up, so I think they're all very confident. He's a, a potential absolute superstar. Q-Card's a star, there's no doubt about it. 
But Thistlecrack is a younger model, and in my mind, he's potentially a better horse. And I just think he wins this, and then he goes on to win the Gold Cup team. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it two one to Thistlecrack. I'm a I'm a little bit concerned now just listening to Gavin put the actual sense of reason on the whole race. But all the grace, yeah. But uh, Thistlecrack, yeah. If it was hurdles, I'd make him pretty long odds on. It's not, so that's where the price angle is. I think he goes off favourite, and I think he wins. And I think we all be eulogising about the new odds on favourite for the Gold Cup after the race. But can't wait for it to be honest. Um, yeah, Josses Hill, T for two, Silviniaco Conti might be a five runner field eventually, and um, a cracking King George. Want the saver, no doubt about it. Hopefully, clear rounds for everybody, no excuses, and we get the race we all hope to see. Um, next race I wanted to talk about is the Christmas Hurdle, uh, Yanworth, Vroom Vroom Mag, and the new one alongside the likes of Chittabello. Um, it's disappointing, isn't it, that we're not seeing Forheen or an Annie Power at Kempton this time of year. I guess Annie Power's never on the cards, but Forheen uh, not going to be taking part. So it's up to Super Super, super Sub Vroom Vroom Mag to uh, rattle Yamworth's cage. What do we think? Will it happen? I think Yamworth is very good. But again, Dean, I was reluctantly agreed with you because I hate agreeing with you over anything. Um, but he, uh, I thought Yanworth uh, should have been stepped up in trip rather than be brought back. Um, I think Vroom Vroom... It, it's probably the same, but she probably has just a little bit more form at two miles. Uh, she won, you know, the Punchdown Champion Hurdle beating Identity last year, and she's a super sub. She can go over any trip, and I just think Yamworth has an awful lot to do to give her to, um, the mayor's allowance and come out and win, and two to one on Vroom Vroom Mag at the moment. To me, looks like a, a proper betting. Joe Chambers was saying when we just spoke to him there that she showed so much toe in the Hatton's Grace that although he had a pegged as a stayer, perhaps... This is going to be our best trip, and we're going to see something a little bit... Sp- yeah, because that turn of foot, now I thought Ruby gave her an absolutely awful ride that day. That turn of foot she showed to get there at all uh, was actually very... It was really impressive, wasn't it? Was, it? I thought it was taking, because you think she's going to go on and win the race. Now she came up against a race fit and battle hard, and Apple's Jade is a very good animal. So which way do you see this go, Gavin? Yeah, um, I would... Uh, Jan Wurt in this race would be my nap of the Christmas. I think this race will suit him down to the ground because I think they will ride Room Room Mag the way they used to ride Faheen around here. Uh, Ruby will be forceful on her from the front and try and make all, and it'll be a strong pace which will suit Jan Wurt down to the ground. He'll travel in behind her and pick her up, I think. I think he he's the more likely winner of a champion hurdle in my eyes rather than Vroom Vroom Mag and I think he, he might be a lot shorter for a champion hurdle after it yeah well I mean if he goes and wins he, he definitely will be he'll be the leading contender in those famous JP McManus colours what I'm kind of hoping happens and it's purely selfish is that Vroom Vroom beats Shamworth and Alan King says we're going to have to go up and trip and that would be a magical moment doesn't necessarily mean to take on you know what I mean Harry in a world hurdle though so a lot of questions to be answered this weekend I think uh, the money will continue to come from Vroom Vroom. I think that she will be well supported on the day. So I think I wouldn't be quite taking the price about uh, Yanworth at the moment. I think he could be 2-1 to one on the day. And for me, that would be uh, more than fair price. Well, we found your nap at the Christmas already. And um, oh, I love the horse, the orange machine. Yanworth will, will be a lot of eyes on him in that Christmas hurdle. At the Kempton card that day has... Well, also a lot of people are talking about Jenkins in the opener, the um, the novice hurdle, twelve fifty five on Boxing Day. Uh, we're all looking forward to seeing whether this one jumps a little bit better, aren't we? Because I think he, he does sit at the moment at the top of that supreme table. Yeah, 
his engine in that last race because he, he fell through every single hurdle. Um, it wasn't like he jumped. I think he jumped the last well enough when, when he was going at pace, but Nicky Henderson seemed, he was delighted afterwards. He said, look, we'll, we'll put a lot of, an awful lot more work now into his hurdling. So whilst I wouldn't be backing him, Dean, because at 6-4 on, you know, you, that's the quickest way to the poorhouse, I think, is back in novices at those prices. If he jumps around cleanly and properly and does what Altior did in the same race last year, then Jenkins goes out. Then Jenkins is about four to one, seven to two. I'd imagine them for the spring. Probably shorter. Yeah, if he if his jumping improves, he 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 will be shorter. And um, what he'll have to beat in this race won't probably tell us a whole lot. Nicky Nicky Henderson is one to follow at this meeting as he he's, he really dominates this meeting every year and targets it. And um, one maybe to take him on in this race was Alan King's horse Elgin um, he was very impressive first time out um, when he beat a good t- a good yardstick into second and the pulled miles clear of the torch he, he looked quite decent and he may put it up to him for second but if Jeski's jumping improves Jenkins or sorry if Jenkins uh, jumping improves imagine he was Jetski in that race Jetski <laughs> you'd have uh, a smash wouldn't you would Jetski in the mind I think a race that would have been dominated by Thistlecrack is that Cordo Star Novices chase. Of course, no Thistlecrack in there. Uh, Froden could be about to, to take a little step up. Um, three miles. Nichols is dallying with the idea. If he goes, he goes favourite. 100%. And he's a horse that, uh, again, he could maybe join that party of the JLT or the RSA. He won. That, that was a proper handicap he won. He's a properly good horse. It's a race I haven't really got to the bottom of yet because if Annabelle Fly was to go, I'd be quite interested in him. Um, but again, it's hard to know with Tony Martin. There's no point trying to guess what what he's up to. Annabelle Fly would be the one for me in this if he was to run at around seven to one. I thought of his form of late has been really franked. He jumps very well. He was a very good second last time in the Grade One at Punchdown, and I just think Annabelle Fly is the one in that race if he runs. But uh, you have to respect Frodon. He could be a potentially a very good horse thing. I really like Nichols is one that he'd originally targeted for the race present man even if Froden does turn up I think I'd be a present man supporter what do you think Gavin? Well, I think Froden was crying out he looked when he won uh, a couple of weeks ago he looked to be crying out for three miles because he was doing all his best work at the finish uh, but for me the most interesting entry is Annabelle Fly um, I think he could be very good and there's a lot more to come whether he'll go or not as Dermot said is is open to debate but um, he'd be one I'd be willing to take a chance on um, after Frodon having a hard run only a couple of weeks ago. Okay, let's move over to Ireland for the next race. The Racing Post Novice Chase on Wednesday. Um, Min's going to take on Identity Thief. Annabelle Fire, we were just talking about, also engaged in the race. I, I assume it's not going to go anywhere near those two. Um, but Min versus Identity Thief. Dermo, I'm going to preempt you. I know you like Identity Thief. I love Identity Thief. Uh, I loved him since last year. Uh, I just think. I think he's every single chance in this race. Um, there's an awful lot of reasons for that. I mean, he's the highest... First of all, in all of the Arkell division, he's the highest rated hurdler there, uh, which is usually a very good sign of a horse, obviously. His, his hurdle form from last year seems to be crabbed by people because, yes, the Supreme is looking very, very strong with seven horses coming out of that race and winning since. But Identity Thief has form with Vroom Vroom Mag, Nichols Canyon... He beat Irving, who on his day with the right conditions is about a high 140s, low 150s horse, really. And he beat him. And I just think that he's had two runs so far. He's a run more experience in a grade two. He acts well at Leopardstown. He, 
he jumped really well by the last time. We couldn't really see with the fog, but as Brian Cooper said afterwards, he took a pull at him at every fence because they wanted him to learn more. And as well as that, Willie Mullins trains his horses with spring targets in mind. He's had Fatour, he's had Champion Fever, he's had these horses beaten in this race over the last three years because they're not, well, they're, they're, they're ready to win. They're not fully wound up. Did you know they're waiting for March? Henry de Bromhead, he just wants to win grade one. Identity Thief is, in my opinion, every bit as good as Min. I think Altior could well be the special horse in the division, but I'd have no fear with Identity Thief taking him on anyway. And I just think Identity Thief is every bit as good as Min, has shown every bit, if not stronger, chase form. And I just think Leperstown will suit him down to the ground. He's with a trainer who could get me jumping a fence brilliantly. I just think, Dean, 7-4, to 2-1, to one, he's the better... He's the bed of Christmas. I'd agree with there. He, if you're having a bet in the race, it, it has to be identity thief. I, like, I don't think you can really think Min is value at, at odds on. I think the prices will probably contract an identity thief. He, he definitely looks the value for all the reasons Dearman said. Highest rate hurdler in the race, Henry de Bromhead. And it's probably more his defining target than it is Min's, as Dearman says. It does look a match on paper, and it's, it's a great way, race to watch without even having a bet I think it's the biggest no bet race of the Christmas racing I've already gone in a 7-4 to four anyway do you know so it's a betting race for me anyway Should we talk about the Welsh National um, I'm sure you two will have a couple of fancy in this race I know where I'm going but um, I might throw it to Gavin first you, what is unusual probably about the race is it probably won't be run on as on bottomless conditions like it is every other year it's good soft I think at the moment so it'll probably be soft 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 to heavy maybe a worst um, which might throw up a, a different kind of winner than what we're, du- what we're used to the couple that stood out to me was um, Vita de Rock of Nicky Henderson's uh, I think there is a big handicap in him and the softer the gets I think it probably will suit him um, and also Viva Steve uh, he I think he has a big chance there as he's around 16 or 20 to 1 Native River tops it, of course, after the Tizards decided that that was the next race for them. When we had Dave McGurin on the podcast, he was oh, devastated that he wasn't in the race. He's back in the race, so Native River's likely got a pretty short favourite. Can he defy that weight, Demo? I think he can, Dean. Um, I mean, he, he carries 11 stone, 12 max. Uh, he runs without the penalty. And I just kind of think, like, 6-1 to one now, obviously, I wouldn't be lining in on him, but when you just go through the actual top of the market, I mean... You've one night in Vienna who is a handicapper, could could well be well in. He ran well in in big races, obviously. Um, but again, I wouldn't be rushing into back him at 10-1. to 1. Carlos Destrier at 10-1, to 1, yeah, for sure, ran a massive race in the Hennessy. But again, was that a once-off? I don't know. I like Warrenter. I think he could run a big race. I think Gasline Boy needs it as heavy as possible. And racing pulls at 14-1 to 1 has me scratching my head as well because... Well, he's clearly a very talented horse. He hits a fence in every race he runs in, and this isn't the sort of race to be doing that. So if I had to land on one, I'd be landing on Vita de Rock. Um, I think he's, um, he ran a massive race in the Scottish National. In the Hennessy, he, just, he ran a very good race in fifth. He just couldn't get himself involved. His, his jumping left a small bit to be desired, but in fairness to him, that was the first time he's done it, anything like that. And I just think... You'd be going an awful lot worse than backing Vida de Rock at 14 to 1, 16 to 1 each way, Dean. 
Poublon de Zobo turns up for Venetia after being a non-runner in the Hennessy and then a non-runner in another engagement since. I think they've just had eyes here. I'd, I've said before, I don't think it's a horse that needs bottomless ground. So if it turns up fresh, is the time to back Poublon de Zobo. He's only going to get a couple of pounds off Native River, nothing massive, but that's because he's a class animal. So I'd be quite happy. I think he's around 20 to 1, Mark. Hublon de Zobo would be my pick for the Welsh National. That's very fair, Dino. Couldn't knock it either. Um, I'm surprised here. He's that big a price. Um, has a cracking chance. I think when he's ready, when he runs, Venetia likes to target that race if they go there. I'll be all over Hublon de Zobo. The cash card uh, chase at Leopardstown. I think we're talking Duvan here, guys. Keep this very, very quick. Really excited to see him. Fantastic horse, but Duvan wins. He could win with uh, Paul Ruby and, and David Russell on board if, they had, if the trader wanted to ride him. Would he still win if I jumped up? Uh, yeah, I'd imagine so, Dean. Okay. He is that good. He's a dream. I was just saying to Joe when we were chatting to him there that if you only get to go, if you only get a pass for one day's racing and you're on there, this side of the pond in Ireland, then I'd just go and see Duvan in the flesh. Yeah, um, I think it's it's going to definitely attract the biggest crowd to Leopardstown over the four days, and the majority of that will be there just to see the specimen that is Duvan. Aye, he could just potentially be the best horse we'll ever see with. Has anyone got the winner of the Paddy Power Chase at Leopardstown on the 27th? A race I love to try and throw three or four darts at. Often come I actually up think they do. Oh, um, really? Go. The Crafty Butcher won't get in, I think, by the look of it. He only needs, what, six or seven to come out? Yeah, but an awful lot of them are confirmed entries, Dean. Um, I think he could struggle to actually get into this race, because this race has whittled down somewhat. Um, he'd be unlucky not to, but I think he might have. But anyway, even if he ran, I'd have no problem taking him on with Noble Endeavour. I thought at, uh, at 10 to 1, he's a very big price. Just when you look at the fact that that four-miler last year at Cheltenham uh, was actually form-wise is very, very strong, which, you know, a Nader River finishing second to Manila Rocco. He was coming, and he actually passed Nader River when he came down. He was, he was operating under Jamie Codd, who'd held him up, and he was coming late. He was running an absolute blinder, and he came down, was it four or five out? But, again, he was staying on really strongly. I'm not sure what he won that day, because Manila Rocco did win that very, very well in the end, but he was staying on, he stayed on past Nader River, he runs here off 141, and Native River won the Hennessy off 155. Now, I know lateral form like that can be ridiculous, but he's 14, 15 pounds here that I think he should be higher. He's ran some really big races. That fall seemed to kind of knock the stuffing out of him last year. Uh, he had a quiet old run in the, in the Tritown last time, and I just think here, with Davy Russell up on board, he'll be held up, he'll be coming late, he'll stay, he doesn't mind what the ground is like, and um, I think a 10 to 1 he's a stonking bet in. Well that's Dermo's pick, Gavin what do you like now? I wouldn't mind taking a short enough price on JP McManus to win the race because I think he has a really really strong hand in the race, he'll, he'll probably have 3 or 4 runners in it and I wouldn't envy Barry Gerty in what he has to pick the, if I was asked to pick now on the strongest one I would go for Killer Miller, I think he is probably the best handicapped of the of the Lahadum. He he had his first run in over a year there in the Tritown chase where he shaped well for a long, long way and uh, got tired near the end, was beaten a long way, but he was an eye catcher for me. He it was his first handicap chase and on his beginner's chase he beat Bonnie Kate six lengths and the good horse that his sub lieutenant another six lengths was back and third. Um he looks he looks thrown into me off one three six 
uh, I think he's one that will shorten a lot before now and between now and the race. But he also he also has Rogue Trader and Gallant Oscar in it, and they're lively Money outside. Money seems to be coming for that Rogue Trader, doesn't it? He, well, he beat he beat Oscar Knight in his last race, and Oscar Knight went and Frank the Forum there uh, when he bolted in there again recently. Oscar Knight probably won't get in as he's 44 on the list. He needs too many to come out. Gallant Oscar was travelling really well in, in the Grand National last year when he came down. He's 10 turning 11, so maybe his, maybe his chances are gone. But, uh, yeah, it'd be killer miller for me in that race. And there's one more then as well that people should pay attention to if he runs. Now, he's entered everywhere over Christmas, so I don't know where he will run, but it came to pass is in this. Whatever race he goes for Christmas, I'll be very interested in. He got a really quiet race last time over a trip that was far too short. Uh, he was getting himself fit. I think this horse is really talented. He won his Hunter Chase last year and finished second on his second run in a really hot one at, at Leperstown. I think it came to pass. Could be very, very good. He was travelling really well in the Fox Hunters when he did fall. Uh, he's a half-brother to Lord Windermere. So whatever handicap chase he does turn up to over Christmas, I think he'd be worth a few quid. Uh, but in this, I think he'd, he'd have it all to do to be noble endeavour though. Yeah, I mean, you got to think the trainer would be looking to take on something a little bit easier than that yeah. with it came yeah. to pass. But he does get in the race, so if they want to go, they can go. Um, sizing Cole wherever he turns up, um, I'm backing him next time out. I know he's engaged in this. I'm not sure they're going to go there, but uh, that's Draper's Sizing Cole. He definitely gets in if they want to run. So I'd be interested in that one. I think we've only got one more race that we're going to talk about because we will be doing a podcast before uh, the rest of the festive racing gets underway. That'll be out on Thursday of next week. So... The race that I did want to talk about is the Lexus. Now, we've talked to Joe Chambers a bit before, and Jack Adam said could run the Lexus. If he does, it'll be his last race before the Gold Cup. And I think if he runs, I think he'll win. I completely agree with you. He stays, he travels, he jumps. He's he's a star in this. Now, Valtteri could also be potentially a star because, in fairness to William Mullins, he always said that he thought this horse was an out-and-out stare. Uh, so the actual top two in the market are very, very interesting. This field isn't bad looking really overall at the moment, uh, but there's a lot of kind of dead wood in it. You could pick out a few to get a place. I think Valtellino at 15 to 8, it's not a price I'd be rushing in for. You'd be rushing into back Jack Adam at 2 to 1 before you'd be doing that. Outlander 5 to 1, again, just wouldn't excite me. Outlander must Savannah, be in, the horse Outlander, I thought that would sorry, win the, Outlander must be in some nick because they were tilting at King George, weren't they? They were talking King George until what Gordon Elliott said until he thought this could crack a win. Mm. And he just said there was, there was absolutely no point in, in crossing the IRC. Uh, it was actually on form figures that was his best run ever last time in yeah. the John Dorkin. Yeah, it was a good run. Yeah, so like he wasn't far behind Jack Adam that day, but Jack Adam would have needed that more than Outlander would have because that was Outlander's second run this season. So I don't see any reason why Outlander would turn form with Jack Adam, especially over further. And uh, I think at at two to one, it, I wouldn't get involved just yet because we don't know whether he's going to run or not. But if he did turn up and run, I would definitely back. What about yeah. the Giggins Town horses, likes of Don Poli, twelve to one for Alexis? Never thought you'd see that price, did you? Oh, uh, that, he's as slow as a wet Sunday. Last year's winner, twelve to one. Um, I see they had him out hunting recently to try and revive him. Um, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be for me either. Um, Jack Adam, I'm surprised to hear that he he might run in this because it's not it's not a uh, usual Willie Mullins thing to run him in two weeks after 
his seasonal reappearance. But if he, let's hope he does, it'll be a mouthwater for clash. I for Willie though as well this year, Gavin. He, he doesn't have an awful lot of horses for these races now, does he? That, well, that's true too. He, he, his hand may be forced a bit. Get their race out of the way now. Win a Lexus as he's entitled to do. Um, then it can have a nice clear run. It's only, what are we talking? Nine weeks, ten weeks to help them? Potentially if he was to run at Christmas and get those kind of three months not off, but you know, just working at home. That could actually bring a different jacket on to, to Cheltenham as well, couldn't it? I think that's what they're really keen to do, is give him every chance, because his performances in the Gold Cup without winning one are very strong. So if you get a clear run, goes there with every chance. Yeah, they don't need to erk out much, much improvement in him to get him over the line. I mean, just with the rest of them. I mean, Don Polly could start today and he, he still wouldn't finish by the by New Year's Eve rest of the field like our buddy David Weldon Dean fancies fine rightly he could place but that's a handicap thing I think if the top two go Valtteri Lido and Jack Adam the two of them come to the last together I think Jack Adam goes on Valtteri Lido finishes second and then God knows what what finishes third if Jack Adam doesn't go Valtteri is going to be very short isn't he but he's he is. 15 days at the moment uh, he was very impressive at down Royal for me you know the form is suspect with Conti coming out and blowing up afterwards but you can only be impressed by the way he did it, by the way he travelled. Uh, again, this is a horse that he should have won an Irish Gold Cup. Uh, you know, he came to the last in that fence, er, in that race. He did one, and he fell. And William Mullins always said he was an out-and-out stayer, and it was Gigginstown's decision to put him in the Ryanair last year. I just think he's finally over the right trip. He's the real improver. He's the horse that could potentially really step on, but again, he has an all to do to beat Jack Adam. Yeah, uh, you mentioned them there. Just one also, I like at a, at a big price in this that I think will run really well is fine rightly. Um, he, he looks to be prepped for this all season. He finished third in the Irish Gold Cup last season on heavy ground and the rate, with the rain that forecast, he will get his favourable conditions. He, he's, I think he's still 25, 33s in places and he's he's, ra- he's rated £3 below Zabana, who's 8-1, to one, which that doesn't really make sense to me. And I think he, he will run really well. Uh, without the front two, he'd be the one for me. It's all well and good to say he was third in an Irish Gold Cup, but, you know, Brian Cooper rode, rode the riches into the floor that day. Valtrelito fell. Two others were pulled up. He more kind of plugged on for third, I thought, than actually run a blinder. I just think any horse could finish third in this race. It's a top two show. OK, well, I look forward to it. We've talked about a few two-horse races um, over the Christmas period. That could possibly be a, another cracker of that type. Uh, a quick mention for the Ryanair hurdle. I'm assuming Forheen doesn't go, although we don't know for certain. If he doesn't, Nichols Canyon will be long old on. And, um, well, I've said it already before, I think he just wins. Yeah, 100%. There's, a, there's no point saying any more, really. Yeah, Canyon yeah. Wins, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think he's a strong candidate for the champion hurdle in his own right. He, he was, <laughs> yeah, he, he, was beaten, he, he was beaten only a, a nose for a second in it last year. And they said to think he's a stronger horse this year. And with the doubts and over the front two in the market... He, he won't have half the hard race he had last year as well in this race. Him and him and identity yeah. killed each other last year. The, the left um, seasons you know, behind him. Didn't. David Mullins was on the podcast a few weeks ago and he said the same thing that he really thought that Nichols Canyon didn't come back for the year after it. He said was he ran to a decent level of form. He probably wasn't himself after it either. I, I just agree with you. I think it's opening up for Nichols to have a nice clear run, a, a, a big race, and run a big race at Cheltenham in March. Let's talk about there's a stairs hurdle as well. It's a squared financial Christmas hurdle. Uh, we mentioned Chesky uh, in error earlier on, but we can mention him properly here. Great to have him back for Jess Carrington. I'll be looking out for Chesky, but again, the 
Three Mile Hurdle Division is a division I'm very happy to leave off this year. Yeah, I think the reason why I mentioned him was because uh, he he was my one of my other bets uh, for Christmas because I think like Jesse will will definitely have him as spot on as she can get him a home. Um, after missing the year out through injury, um, he beat he beat Hurricane Fly the last time we seen him over three miles at Punchestown, and I think he could be he could be close. He could be second favourite behind, you know what I mean, Harry, uh, after this, if he goes and if he retains all his ability, I think he's a stonking bet for Tone. Uh, yeah, I think he arguably is. Uh, do you know what, that'll upset me though, because if they go into that race with the first and second favourites and it's not Yam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you'll find me under a ditch on the last day of the Cheltenham Festival, just, I don't know, covered in betting slips. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Jeski's a very backable price. Actually, what is he around at the moment? Around four to one for yeah. that race. Yeah, it's four yep. or five to one in places. Yeah, I think. Yep. I think he, one, you know, he runs. I think you know he's going to be primed, ready to go. Um, and you know he's better than most than than all that division, really. And, yeah, and I think whatever else ahead of him in the market might not even be there. So get involved. I would. Four, I, I would. Four to one for a seven or eight time Grade One winner. Like there's no other horse in the field that will potentially run. Which couple of grade ones under the belt so yeah he's a grade one champion hurdle winner he's a grade one winner of that three mile race at punchstown as you said he's been there he's done it it's just again how much ability does he retain and please god he does well i open up the floor now to anything else um any other business effectively over the the few days that we talked about like i say we'll be back next thursday to cover uh, some more of the festive racing we don't want to shoot too far into the distance but have you got something that I've missed I've got one uh, I think Black Lion skipping the King George to go for the Roland Merrick at Weatherby on Boxing Day Jamie Barger will take off a few pounds off the top weight and I think Black Lion's one of the, the better bets of the Christmas period but I'll throw over to you guys I agree with you and the the one I'll be watching for over Christmas just to see where he goes will be um, will be the aforementioned that uh, it came to pass I just think he has a, a big year ahead of him no matter where he goes, and I'll just be interested to see where Jim Cullity actually puts him in, because he's in at Limerick, he's in everywhere, and I'll be very interested to see him. And then the other one as well, then, is Diamond King, if he goes down for that two-mile tree, grade two at Limerick. I think he's not up to grade one class, he's proved that the last time, but I think a race like that would be well within his compass. I thought he was the one to take out the Drimmore from, well, rather than Alfred Azobo put his heart on his sleeve in the race, I thought Diamond King was perhaps one to take forward. So, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that if that goes out over the Christmas period. Bound to run somewhere. Uh, Gavin, you, you're very keen on um, Janworth and Jeski. Have you got anything else to throw into the mix? Um, one I was looking forward to on the 27 or 8, the Desert Orchard um, chase in Kempton. I don't think the entries are out yet, uh, um, but I was hoping Special Tiara would run in this. He won the race a couple of years ago and he might just go under the radar seeing as he was beaten in Cheltenham last time which he which he's always beaten on a seasonal reappearance and I think Kempton really suits him the way he sets off in front I think he, he could take a bit of beating and he might be might be a prize That's a fair shout I think uh, that second yeah, run on special TR is always he the time He was brilliant that day yeah. didn't he beat Sire de Grugge he beat yeah, yeah Sire de Grugge he beat yeah. yeah he hammered him that day yeah. Yeah. no no he's uh I think we all were going mad about Special Tiara, but uh, his first run of every season, as Gavin said, is brutal. So, uh, yeah, I'll well, be following you there, Gav. Um, it is, of course, the end as well of Channel 4 Racing. I didn't want to let it slip by without mentioning it. We are going to play out with one of their oldest uh, theme sections of all time, which will you know, maybe maybe bring a tear to one or two's eyes. Are we all sad to see Channel 4 go? TV. I don't know. It doesn't affect me too much anyway, do you know? 
No tears um, from Dermo, Gavin. But uh, it is a bit, a bit um, sad, I suppose. What's good about it is it'll bring new be- beginnings and hopefully kick on and and bring the sport forward. Do you know, I'll miss Channel 4. I remember the days of McCruick and Frankham and Leslie Graham and you know, going even back a bit further than that and just was part of my kind of routine. So it's, it's slipped away from that in recent years. So we'll see what ITV do with it. I think, yeah. yeah I think Nick Luck is a big loss. Yeah. And I think as well, um, the commentator that isn't coming across, do you know what's his name? Not Hiles, the other commentator, he's brilliant. Simon Holt? Yeah. Like, he's a... ITV not taking him is madness. You know, he's he's my favourite commentator. No, he's brilliant. Um, but, again, this is all small things. It's TV. I watch it for the races, to be honest with you. Um, I end up watching Racing UK more so than I do Channel 4 anyway. So, I just think uh, I'm more interested in whether my horse wins or not than the uh, than the coverage around it, to be honest. Fair enough. When you back as many losers as me, I like to be entertained. So, uh, <laughs> uh, let's... I shall be the same, Dean, really, with my record of late. <laughs> let's, let's end with, uh, you can only have one bet between now and when we next do the podcast on Thursday. Uh, mine's Black Lion in the role of Merrick Derma. In plan for this, Dean, uh, I would say uh, I would say Noble Endeavour in the Paddy Power Chase. Super. Um, if it's a winner, you're looking for. Well, Jan you're Hurt. only going to have one bet. If you want it to be a loser, <laughs> yeah, it one can bet be. no, Gavin. Yeah, just one okay. no, Gavin. Okay, okay, a winner, <laughs> a winner, Jan Wood. I was going to say former World Hurdle winner, future World future Hurdle winner. winner, and um, <laughs> maybe not this year, sadly. Okay, um, well, been a pleasure. Um, we will catch up before the start of 2017. We're back on Thursday. And happy Christmas to all our listeners, all, all, all 15 of them. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, gents. Good luck. We'll leave you with the longest price winner of the Eric Coolmore Irish 1000 Guineas. Another O'Brien on the trainer's list in Ireland. Bye-bye.